Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to more conversations from the Moment of Truth Summit in Springfield, Missouri. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And it is Tuesday, August 30th in the year 2022. Patriots, this is going to be another evening of more great conversations from the Springfield Conference, the Moment of Truth Summit, put on by Mike Lindell, which was the weekend of the 20th and the 21st. And tonight there's three interviews or three conversations, a little bit shorter, but some really rich material. We've got a team from Montana, we have a uh, Stop Hate, and we have the deputy of one of the sheriffs tonight. So I think you're going to enjoy all of these, some great perspectives, and just some Real Again, some real deep look at the people that are taking a stand and taking action. So before we begin, begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, and there's no better way of doing that than with the great products from MyPillow. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. And that's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And Patriots, this is a factory direct, consumer direct, no middleman offer, as all things are at MyPillow. It's one of the things that makes MyPillow great. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's page. And you'll find your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, will bring you some amazing savings. So again, Patriots, one of the great things about the conference on the weekend of the 20th and the 21st was to see how many people were actually getting their hands dirty and quite literally sowing seeds. And that means both physically and spiritually. Everybody was driven and, and taken by God in so many different ways, called to do these things. And it was just really empowering to see all of the different states as well represented. There were 50 states and state teams represented at that conference. Everyone working on election integrity or something else related to getting our country back. Constitutional, constitutionality or, or awareness is the absolute focus almost everybody there. And relearning so many of the aspects of our Constitution as they go through, which have been buried, hidden, kept away from us for the intention of an oligarchy of corporate nature to take over this country and to rule us like 
elites do. We are their peasants, they are, or we are their slaves. But this is not that sort of time. This is a sort of time now where we're standing up as people. And if there's one thing to take away from this is local action in your counties, in your communities, is what will change this nation. The federal level, it's corrupt. It's corrupt beyond any imagination. We've, we will continue to talk about how corrupt that is. But the true action is in the county. The true action is working with your sheriffs and with your county commissions. The true action is locally taking power back and resetting your counties to be constitutional sanctuaries and the foundation for which this nation will reset. So with that, let's get into these interviews tonight. Three great interviews that I think you'll really enjoy. All right, Patriots, here we are. We're back. And this is what's going on. I've got two great people here. They're from the Election Commission. Is that right? Montana Election Montana Project. Okay. And this is Jane, who, and she's from Missoula. And you can step right up there. You just, just put it right there and you can talk. It's good. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. That's Jane and Carrie from Kalisville. Kalisville. Kalispell, yeah. Kalispell, okay. Thanks yeah. for having us. You bet. That's awesome. I love Montana. My my uh, granddad is Montanan. My dad is Montanan. Wow. Custer, Montana. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he he ran sheep out near Forsyth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, That's I've spent a lot of time in Montana. Oh, that's I, I, a great place. You bet it. We're I'm, trying to keep it great. You need to keep it great because Bozeman got a little infected with a little bit of crazy down there, like too many liberals from California. Yep, it's not <laughs> the only part, but right. <laughs> <laughs> the mic up a little bit. So, all right. So, let's talk about what you guys are doing and, and what, what's going on in Montana. So, we had breaking news here at the Moment of Truth Summit, and that is that we just dropped our Canvas report. So, we had a grassroots, citizen-led, nonpartisan Canvas in the state of Montana, and we found some really shocking evidence of some voter anomalies. And, and how? And was this over the entire state? We did six counties. We knocked on almost seventy-five hundred doors. Yeah. And um, these are our findings. We got some, we have about 600,000 people, a little over that, that voted in the 2020 election. And we found, at least conservatively, over 120,000 invalid votes. In Montana. Extrapolated from our research. This is unbelievable. I mean, when you start getting into stuff like this, I mean, we think of the New Yorks, the Arizonas, Montana. And somehow it's not surprising. This has been my theory with Montana for a long time. Because Montana has oil, Montana has beef, and Montana has wheat. And forest. And forest. And you've got the border with Canada, which is illegals coming across. And you've got the reservations up there, which is human trafficking. So here we go. It's the treasure state. It is. Gold, silver, copper. It's also the big sky state. Big sky. Yeah. There's a new copper mine that was supposed to be going up in uh, White uh, White Sulphur Springs. Yep. I've, I've been reading about that. Yeah. Are they moving along still? Do you know? where that's going there's yeah, a lot I haven't of heard anything in a while yeah it's yeah it was a big well with this administration probably nothing mm-hmm. it's crazy but anyway well so, the new montana constitution that was passed in 1972 guarantees a free and healthful environment and that's what they've used to shut down the natural resources montana used to be i think fourth or fifth in per capita income in the country mm-hmm. and now it's near the bottom Un- unbelievable you do have the best internet in the entire state though thanks to whatever guy that was it put fiber everywhere fiber optics oh okay yeah i didn't so, even realize that yeah you did custer montana has fiber optics in their high school <laughs> wow would those be connected to the internet too yeah it's all it's all no it's just something else yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy yeah. so all right so let's talk a little bit about this so how how did this project get set up and organized because this is a sort of example of people doing the right thing so go ahead 
Sorry. So, well, Jane basically, went, she went to the Cyber Symposium okay. in South Dakota, and she was there representing Montana, and she came home and she said, the people of Montana need to know this. We need to bring it to the state level. So she sponsored a, a symposium in Missoula and educated people in Montana about what was going on there. With some of the speakers that are here now, Dr. Frank and Seth Keschel and uh, Professor Clements all came to show Montana citizens their own data. And we had been seeing corruption corruption in Montana for years. Um, you might remember Senator Tester and mm -hmm. Conrad Burns' race in 2006. And funny thing, um, Tester's numbers came out 3,500 more than Burns, but the results were delayed for a day because Same of machine thing. error. And in 2008, then Governor Schweitzer was bragging to the Montana, I mean the Pennsylvania Bar Association about essentially how he had rigged that election by calling the Butte Silverbow election officers and she said, we're almost ready with the results. And he said, I'll tell you when you finish voting. And she said, no, we're almost done. He said, I'll tell you when you're finished counting. And he said, she's a Butte girl, she knew. Yeah. And then he, in the same talk, talked about taking the Republican poll watchers off the reservations. Wow. I mean, this so when you look at that same ballot, the Republican running for House had way more, many, more votes than the Democrat. But the one running against the Democrat for Senate, gee, just 3,500 votes. All this is machine stuff again? And we're 2006. And then in... Um, so in Missoula, we knew that they were going to cheat because they've been cheating for years. Well, yeah, and you got the university up there, a bunch of liberals. And who knows? <laughs> and I think machines. But and so in the in the it's always it's, look, 20, it's always easier to blame the liberals. Come on. Well, yeah. Well, okay. I know, but I think <laughs> we found out there's a uniparty. Yeah, that's going true. On. Yeah. So around September of 2020, we went to the election office and said we want to count the signature envelopes after the November 2020 election. And we were ready to go November 4th. He said, oh, no, you've got to raise $3,000. We'll get around to it. So January 4th of 21, we counted and found 4,592 votes that have been certified with no signature envelopes. So we took it to the Secretary of State, along with the 28 signatures from the nursing home that looked the same, and 7,000 ballots that have been sent to people that hadn't registered, hadn't voted in two previous federal elections. And we haven't heard from her. We still haven't heard from her. But the following week, she sent out a letter to all Montana. Montana sets the standard. We have a gold standard for elections. Mm -hmm. And now we tend to agree with her, but maybe not the same way. <laughs> <laughs> for the Uniparty, we have a gold standard. Yes, right? and we seem to know how to generate 120,000 invalid well, this is. This is good work. I mean, I love stuff like this because it's literally, it is, this is the epitome of grassroots, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So how long did this, did this take to do? It took about nine months. It took a year from conception to, to finishing the product there that we, so that we it, just with, dropped. So with what you have trained now in place, how long, if you had, we go to another election, like we're coming up to what we know is going to be a nightmare in the fall because if they can rig it, they're going to do it. How long will it take you to mobilize and to do the verification to create another canvas report? 
we don't want to make a career out of this. No, I understand that, but I'm just saying <laughs> but, because we're still. But in what this. we're trying to do is educate citizens of Montana. You better take about take back your county elections. So Good. we're hoping that they are going to be mobilized. And what we'll learn more this afternoon is to put the pressure on the county commissioners that certified results that are not accurate, or if they're re- certifying results in the fall, what are they using to certify some ESNS report? Yeah, so this is the part I love so much is because, as you know, I mean, I talk all the time about county by county. I mean, I, I love county by county because, to me, it's the only way you're ever going to win. And it's truly grassroots coming up. Exactly. So if we get people into this fight at a county level, this is, once again, documented proof I'm holding in my hands, Patriots, right now. This is it. This is good stuff. Well, the ESNS machine showed in 2020 that the Montana Secretary of State, in her first run for public office ever, had more votes than anybody else in the whole state, including Trump. And marijuana passed within 2,500 votes of Trump. The ESS machines also showed that of the losing votes in Montana, more people voted against the gun bill than for any Democrat candidate. In a state that has the most guns per household. And gun manufacturers, too. Make some good guns up there, mm-hmm. too. And yeah. we think maybe even some Democrats like guns. Yeah. So how That's do right. the ES&S machines have more people voting against guns? Well, and the other one, too, is the, the marijuana votes. I was really familiar with that. I had a guy up there, a buddy up there, that was doing medical marijuana at the time. And probably the only person I've ever met that closed his shop down and said, I'm getting out of this because Soros money's in this, and it's going to ruin it. And I want nothing to do with it. And he was a veteran and he was supporting for veterans. And he's like, this is wrong. This something's going wrong. And I think it proves it. Right. And according to ESNS, Biden got more votes than Obama or Hillary. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen up there. So we think that with the results of the um, ESNS machine analysis and our canvas, that Montana was targeted to be flipped in the next election. Because on top of that, Montana got the most money per capita from Zuckerberg of any of the Trump states. I would guarantee it. And if I, and this is just because I was up in Montana quite a bit in 2016, 2017. And um, I was doing a lot of what I call planes, trains, and automobiles, literally going from one county to the little places and the old, following some of the old rail lines, going up there near White Sulphur Springs and talking to the little communities because there's just, there's awesome. I love that whole story up there anyway. And it was pretty evident that in talking to the guys who were doing the co- the copper mine up there, okay, it was very evident there was a lot of stuff mobilizing. Like, they were up there trying to get the, uh, in that mountain, in the area up there to get the copper mine approved, and there was huge money flowing in through the environmental movement at that time. And so this is not surprising to me that Montana was targeted. Again, it was it's you've got resources, which they're trying to tie up. In 2014, I was down doing a consulting project in... Colorado and what we found then and, and people just couldn't get their head around it I'm like this is a war on resources here and what was happening is that Saudi Arabia was running money through German nonprofits that were bumping money into the World Wildlife Fund that was mobilizing people out to Colorado to stand up against fracking and the way they were going to it was going right to the school boards that's where they were hitting it because they were hitting soccer mom Wow. Same thing. Emotions. Yeah. And it's just it. And you're like, you're, the greatest picture I ever took on this whole thing was I was sitting and it's standing in a community. This is in Colorado, just outside Boulder, or actually north of Denver. And I'm giving my report and I'm like, guys, I want you to take a look behind me 
So you, this is a community that's now anti-fracking, and they're all bought into this idea that their water is going to be poisoned. And I said, what's behind me is a 500-foot mountain covered in grass that's a landfill. And they're okay with this suburb household right here, but they're not okay with a fracking spot that's 10 miles away. You, this is the cognitive dissonance that they promote. And so it's not surprising at all that the resource, another great resource state like Montana has been targeted. So what's the next action here? What, what's going to happen? We're going to county by county and showing them their results. And when they find out that Trump didn't win, it was the Secretary of State, then they, that wakes them up. And, or that they didn't vote for, they were voting against guns. And, and then they have somebody, we've got 171 people that certified Montana elections, three from each of the 56 counties and three from the state. We're going to find one of those people that certified that has enough integrity to say, I'm taking my name off of that certification because these numbers aren't right. Nice. And now we have the proof. It's not just statistics because Seth Keschel and Dr. Frank and everybody came out right away and they did analysis on Montana and they told us what was wrong and they were right. But everybody said, well, that's not proof. That's just statistics. They can lie. So we went out and we hit the pavement and we went in the winter. We, st- we launched this thing in December. So we were out there in the snow. Nobody cared. Ice. Montanans are tough. Yeah, they are. It's like, ten- it's like 20 below weather. Absolutely. Yeah, we're out right. there. Yeah. And all of six counties from Yellowstone across the eastern part of the state up to, to Flathead and Right. I had canvassers. Little old ladies would call me up and they'd say, I'm so sorry. I only got to 10 houses today because when I was trying to walk uphill, I was sliding backwards on the ice. So were you working? You said Flathead. So you had one of the reservations working with you too? Flathead County. Yeah. But did you have any of the reservations working with you? No, we weren't allowed on. Oh, wow. But interesting, Blaine County, which does have a reservation on it, was the number one county in the country in per capita CTCL funds. 7,000 people got over a quarter of a million dollars. Or did they? Or maybe 7,000 didn't get it. Right, BIA. Actually, the, the top four counties per capita that got the money had reservations on them. Interesting. It'd be interesting to see what the trickle down on that was, because I can bet you it didn't. Right? Right. That's wow. It is. And one county bought a $60,000 vehicle with it. Another county bought some kind of a vehicle and snow tires. And I believe both of those were purchased in 2021 after the November election. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is the garbage. We have a, a little town. I'm in Oregon now. So we have a little town just east of my town. It's got about 1,200 people. And they just, they were mandating masks. I mean, the community's like, we're not doing masks. We're like, yeah, your kids are going to get mandated masks. So what came out was that they had received $1.2 million through this COVID fund. And they literally said it, we can't afford to give it back, so you're going to wear masks. And the community's like, okay, try this. And now one of them's out. I probably, I think that was kind of old school justice. Yes, good, <laughs> good. I, I think, because I know the people around there, they're probably like, really? Um, do you ever know what happens to cowboys that wrestle cattle? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You can almost have to get down to that in Montana again. It's We're going to see if Montanans are real Americans yeah, you and will. want to stand up for this country or if they'd rather be sheep. It's so easy just to be a sheep and let somebody tell you what to do. Well, I the don't o- think that's in Montana. No. It is, I think it's some of the corruption is in Boulder or uh, Bozeman. Bozeman. Gallatin County. Yeah. yeah. That they've got a lot of the new types of folks up there. But um, you still have, from what I've seen, there's still a lot of good Montanans up there. There really are. There mm-hmm. really, I mean, that, mm-hmm. and I, I realize my, I would say my first hand data on that is now about five years old. 
because when I was really driving around there and meeting people and taking time to meet the ranchers, and, but it was good people. I mean, good, good people. I still see that a They're lot. They're very concerned. Every, pretty much everybody was happy to see us, thanked us for what we were doing. We had very few doors slammed in our face or people not wanting to participate. Yeah. They were very happy about it, and they couldn't wait. And they said, come, will you come back and tell us what you find? Good. Montanans are really interested in this, and they know something's wrong. In both yep. parties. Both parties. Yeah, yeah it's the unit party game. And when they saw the results and then saw the school board elections, and across Montana there were have been people at school boards saying, we don't want masks we don't want the crt taught in the schools and then you don't have um, new school board people being elected that the other side was being elected doesn't make any sense now, i swear this whole thing reminds me of invasions of the body snatchers it does i mean like you look yes. around and the next thing you're like didn't you just like, what happened to you from yesterday to today you know it's like it's crazy yeah like the real virus it's like floating <laughs> it's coming into their mind or something about lizard heads everywhere and you know at the bottom of it's money isn't it it, it seems is like it people is, yeah. will do anything for money oh it's sick it is sick this is you know one of the things i talk about a lot which is our real fight once we get the data then our real fight is the moral reset because we're, we're morally bankrupt at all of these elected officials that's where our good sheriffs come in and this is where that actions of getting good sheriffs back in there that can start arresting some of these people because they, they, they have the authority to do it. Right. We think we have a couple of good constitutional sheriffs in our state. That's good. Well, you know, I think that if we can get an action like this and then you start hearing about because it'll hit the news. It at least hit the conservative news. The first couple of times that a sheriff steps in and arrests people for doing this. This game's going to a whole nother level. And I think that's part of what they're afraid of, they meaning the crazies that are in charge of this. Because as people wake up, they're going to start demanding justice. I would. I am. You know, not well, just we would, had, but I am. We had one county where just a citizen noticed that some of the warranty seals on the ES&S machine had been broken. And the county clerk said, oh, somebody brushed by those. Or maybe it was the housing that brushed by. And the citizen said, no, it was a screwdriver. You could see the how the screwdriver is punched in and the pieces of tape were stuck in the screw head. And so they said to the, oh, and then the uh, ESNS people said, oh, it was a, um, uh, that yeah, the, the ESNS clerk. Uh, the clerk. The clerk. Yeah, had, so yeah. the clerk came up with the excuse a couple of days later and that was, oh, we, we just remembered or we found record of the tech coming in and making an altitude adjustment. <laughs> so in Montana, we have a lot of mountains, but we don't normally change our devices as we go over the huh. continental and, divide. Well, and the citizens took it a step farther. They called ESNS and they just asked some questions and they happened to get somebody on the phone that I think thought that maybe they were with the elections office and they said, can you tell us about adjustments? the machines for altitude and the ESNS technician on the phone said what we don't do that he, he laughed what? yeah he laughed and he said and who are you with and he said oh I'm just a concerned citizen click wow <laughs> and he said what would air pressure have to do with the machines right. oh, no man, let's still say anything but the, my point was the sheriff so the citizen said we want you to impound these machines the citizen said to the sheriff and he said I don't know if I'm allowed to do that well, when do we have, we've got to find some sheriffs that have read the Constitution. Yeah, right. they do. I mean, this is this is part of the problem is just, again, education. And this is, every one of these steps is so important for education. Because as people learn about their election, then they're going to learn about, the, go back to the Constitution. They need to go back to the Declaration of Independence, that little thing that says yes. we have the right and duty to overthrow such Absolutely. things as tyranny, right? I mean, that's and basically. government is instill, instilled among men to protect the rights that come from God. Correct. Mm -hmm. I and mean, that's, that's, that's the whole key, right? I mean, I, I, people tell to me all the time, it's like, read the Constitution. And my first statement is, no, 
read the Declaration of Independence. Exactly. Because in your first two paragraphs, moral law is established. That means we are accountable to God first. Bingo. Now, government's subordinate to me and to you, not us to them, right? So it's so important. And our ballot is the only physical evidence of the consent of the governed. So when people make jokes about one dead person voting, then decertify the whole election. I agree with that, yeah. Because if we don't have the consent of the governed, we don't have, we don't have a government. Well, and this is where we get back to the value of what it is to vote and the importance of it. They've done a fantastic job over the years of just diminishing and demoralizing the vote, and people need to get activated again. Well, this is great news, great work. Thank you. Well, Carrie and her team were responsible for that canvas. and Fantastic work. Thank you. I mean, Thank seriously, and, and this is, where can people find this? Because this is something people need to read. They can go to mtelectionintegrityproject.org backslash canvas to go straight to the canvas. So, mtelectionintegrity.org. Yeah, MC election, MT, so Patriots, that's mtelectionintegrity.org forward slash canvas. And that's, the, you need to see this report. This is fantastic work. This is what every state needs to be doing so that we can start seeing all these perks, people getting arrested and perk-walked, perp-walked, whatever. And we'll take the the country back one county at a time. I fully agree. That's just it. That's the way to do it. Great work. Thank you very much. God bless you you both. Thanks so much. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Patriots. So, again, Jane and Carrie, I'm going to get you, Jane Rechterwald and Carrie Hurt from Montana, and they have done the Montana Election Integrity Project and have done the canvassing to literally prove that the elections were rigged. And Montana is such a great state, we can't afford to have that happen. A couple commercials here, right back with some more great stuff. This is a great day here at the Lindell bit. Remember why we're doing all this, to keep people awake and to keep them going. All right, Patriots, back in just a couple minutes. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess. But you know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, There have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! the truth. Let me tell you, we're going to get some truth going here right now. This I've got David Summerall with StopHate.com. 
And this is a really fantastic moment. I mean, this this gentleman here is going to talk to us all about January 6th. And then I just found out that next weekend he and I are both speaking at the same rally in down in Dallas, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm ready is, for well, that. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, man. It's good to see you today. Yeah, what a great place we're at today. Isn't man. it something? It's amazing. I mean, have you ever felt so much God moving in a single place? You know, only at these kind of deals. It's, right. been, it's been the theme, this whole re- revival and restoration and everybody's getting radical again ready to get back in the fight you know i like that man it's action it's oh, all it's about just the old patriot stuff that's you know exactly right. be ungovernable basically that's right that's, that's right all right so let's start just a little bit about you so we get a little context now, let me just tell you back in 1992 i started the stop hate awareness program back during the la riots and i just saw how the government and the media used a little piece of information wrongly to divide the people into you know the race wars the la riots all that stuff we had and uh, things haven't changed much. We see them doing the same thing in different ways. They've used sex and religion and race and everything for division. Now they're using January 6th, and that's why I appreciate Mike Lindell doing this this weekend because this all ties into January 6th. That's the very reason that people went, and the government's trying to say they didn't have a reason to go. There was zero fraud. But if there's fraud, then they had the right to be there and the right to do what they did, not the violent part, don't get me wrong. Or maybe the violent part. Either way, either way, they had the right to be there. I'll tell you, we yeah. can. They, well, first of all, we know that the more we know about this whole goat rope that happened up there, yep, it was all FBI coordinated and with their whole infiltration yes. stuff, right? Yes. And they've been doing that for years. Oh, it's nothing new, man. Waco, mm. Ruby Ridge, you know the Finnegans. You, you, you name anything. Oklahoma City, nine eleven. I, I had Anna and uh, Bundy on. Yes. And um, matter of fact, I'm meeting him on the way back. That's great. Um, great man, yeah. running for governor, and uh, I think he's going to win. But yeah. all right, so let's talk a little bit about January sixth. Were you there? I was there. I oh, was I there. I had a whole crew, film crew. We went to document history because we knew that. You know, I've dealt with Antifa for years and BLM. I've done the uh, demand free speech rallies all over the country. We've had a little interaction with them, and you know, we decided to go and film everything because we knew that the media wouldn't give a fair shake no matter what happened. We didn't know what was going to happen, but we're glad that we spread out and filmed what we did because we captured some of the deaths on video that the government tried to say were natural causes. You know, these two guys supposedly had heart attacks or strokes. And then when we get into our video and start, you know, digging into this, these guys were killed by flash grenades. That's murder. And that's a lot different than natural causes. Somebody that just had a heart attack or a stroke, when it's caused by a grenade, that's a lot different. That's the kind of lies that the government's hiding. And there's guys sitting in jail now for 580 plus days that were trying to save people from being murdered, that were trying to save Roseanne Boylan, that were in these precarious positions that they probably didn't want to be in themselves, trying to do the right thing, and now been in jail for almost two years for nothing. I mean, some of these guys trespassing, you know, that's a $50 ticket. You're gonna hold them for, you know, a year and a half plus for trespassing or breaking a window or something. I mean, what is that? And we're just not seeing the, the even treatment of people on on this political side oh not at all no i I think this is anybody at this point in time that thinks there's a fair justice system yeah i mean it's like whatever you're smoking stop that's right because it's it's that put down the crack pot that's for sure but my patriots know my story i'm not going to get into it too much but been through this Mm -hmm. got thrown in jail for 20 days without charge yes and then two years later all thrown out in case sealed right so timing was critical took Mm -hmm. me out of play for the 2018 yeah right somewhere in there 
But um, and of course, they just tried to disparage you. I had, That's if it. you understand media, you know, like they had twenty or thirty articles hit nationally within an hour. It's right? amazing how it works. Yeah, it is like it's like people are like, whoa, that must have gone viral. It's like it didn't go viral. No. No, they created it, and then I'm sitting in jail, and they already were telling everybody my charges. So yeah. this is the same stuff that they're doing up there. It is, and we're seeing Nancy Pelosi, this whole smear campaign of the upfront stuff, the that we've already decided what happened before we even know what happened yep. or before the day's even finished. I mean, they're calling it insurrection at the end of the day. Yep. They had this whole thing set up, ready to go, and cookie cutter. So you're, you're, you were there filming the event, yes. and now your film is out. Yeah, we, yeah, actually my second documentary. We put one out in June of last year Okay. called Writing History, R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, Writing History. And okay. it showed the deaths, it showed the murders, it showed the FBI, it showed a lot of stuff. And then this latest movie we put out is called Bloody Hill. You can find it at bloodyhill.com or at stophate.com. And uh, it just shows it's Juan O'Savin, Trinis Evans, and myself. We just conversationally talk about Proverbs 6. Six through or sixteen through nineteen about the, the the abominations, the sins, yep. and how that ties into what our government's doing to our people. I mean, it's blatant and obvious, and I really hope people will watch this film and share it. I think it expresses how we feel about the potential of a civil war more than anything that that people have seen, because really. We get upset, everybody wants to fight and all that stuff, but we really don't want that fight. And, and the government's trying to say that we do. And, and you hear the Mockingbird media, all oh, the extremists and the QAnons and the Civil War, Civil War, Civil it's War. It's all garbage. It's all trash, but we can't fall into that and we can't give them anything to work with. You and I have the same message because I, I really, I, I have a pretty strong information warfare background. Yes. People don't really understand how far we can go with information warfare. Yeah. Because we're not even there yet. We're not, I mean, if you hit that wall and that limit, we're in a worse place than you can possibly imagine. That's right. But there is so much we have yet to do. I, Jeremiah 616 is a passage that I started with a year ago. And we had a, it's interesting, I'll just give you a little background. This weekend is this, a year ago exactly, was the Bards Fest in St. Louis. And Mike Lindell spoke on the Friday before. So wow. it was, it's kind of crazy how God yes. works, right? Yes. But Jeremiah 6.16, because I think we're right there. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Wow. And they said, we won't walk in it. So we're really at that valley of decision. Yes, we are. And it's really big. So talk a little bit about this film because this is, Juan hit me up on it and said, take a look at this. I want you to talk about it because you've got some pretty graphic footage and you have some pretty rough scenes for people to see. And how does that tie in with scripture for you? Well, I'll tell you, I think uh, one thing as far as the scenes go, it is what it is. And I have a hard time uh, reproducing that at mm -hmm. times because it's so graphic yeah. and we're watching people die. Right. And people aren't aware of that. So on one hand, we need to see our history. We need to know what happened and we need to have that feeling that you get when you see that because then you can understand who's responsible and how and why it happened and what we can do to to actually fight against that uh scripturally you know i think it's the movie's interest for me was in you know spreading the information to people because they do die from lack of knowledge our country's in the worst spot that we've been in forever and and people are getting the wrong information they don't know what happened that day they don't know the truth of it and it's really up to us to tell them and to show them. And, and that's why that video is so important. And so people know this is, uh, this is all publicly sourced video. This is all from individuals' cameras. I didn't use any of the database. Now, I do have access to the 14,000 hours as a video investigator working for some of the attorneys. 
but we didn't use any of that film. We don't have to. The public was the eyes on the ground. The, the, the public has more video than their 14,000 hours times 100. Wow. And, and the one guy that got free on his charges used public video to the judge and said, here I am, shaking hands with a cop. Here I am, here I am. And they let him go. So wow. that's interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is a, a tragic time. Yes. It's also an inspiring time. Yes. I mean, I think God works that way. He does. You know, we've got to bring us down so yeah. we can start to put our eyes where they need to be. That's right. That's right. So in this whole process, talk a little bit about the, the spiritual side of this for you. Because when you talk about the death, first of all, I can relate to this. My, yeah. I, one of the, I have a documentary film out. And I spent, I have, there's one death scene in there. It's from Afghanistan. And it's, it literally took me about a month of working with it, of deciding where to place it, how to place it, because death is one of these very provocative spaces that can promote massive anger, retaliatory concepts. That's right. And it's, it's difficult as a filmmaker, as you very well know, to keep that story thread going That's right. when you have very visceral moments like that. So let's talk a little bit about that, because it sounds to me like that was shaped a lot by scripture. It was, it was. So we go through, uh, you know, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 is all the seven abominations, you know, the, the lying tongue, the feet, the hands, the whole nine yards. And it was a really easy way to break that down as far as an outline for a film. I thought it was, you know, inspired from God. That was really, and Juan will tell you, man, we all got together and we were like, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> what, what is this going to look like? And we all sat around one night and just brainstormed. We came up with the name, we came up with the scripture, and God just really did that. The second day we filmed a lot of stuff, we didn't use any of it. We were frustrated, it wasn't gonna be what we wanted. The third day, the last day that we were there, I said, guys, we didn't come to waste time. We didn't, you know, let's sit down and just do this. And, and the way that it all came together is such a miracle. So we put this film out in four weeks, four <laughs> weeks. How, okay, so real quick. I. I know these sorts of paces because I had crazy. to do this, and that's some aggressive editing and filming too, very, right? Very, very. Because you're doing your interviews. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. So Go. what we did, we did all the interviews in one day, and Andrew uh, Mullinax, he is a brilliant editor, film guy. He's he's the brains on that, and he started the task of weaving all the the conversation together. While my team, because we have all the video evidence, we start putting it together and getting the placement and who's going to need what, where. We had a list of how we wanted to break it up. So it was, it was at the same time. They were working from both ends, basically, and when they both finished that, they came together and, and literally, man, so put it out on the 17th. Uh, we had we had a really aggressive uh, goal to get it out in a couple of weeks. You know, we we're going to try to get out July Fourth and do. I remember you know, I got one hitting me up. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, we're going to get it out. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> no, Buck, we're I think not. I, I like okay. So where's the film? Silence. Yeah. I'm like, All right, I, I know where you're at. Keep yeah, going. That's good. Keep yeah. going. The editing thing sucks, but no, it's good. And, and you know, I, I just believe that people need a fair share, man. They need a fair shake at the truth. They need to know what happened. Nobody else is going to tell them. Uh -uh. And it's been almost two years, and they're still. You know, trying to digest the... the well, the part of the problem, too, and I, I, I'll even just my own thing, it's very difficult to discern right now truth. Yes. These sorts of films help because my theory is that a lot of what's happened where they've kind of fallen off the radar, mm -hmm. we're not hearing much from the families. That's right. That's getting suppressed or people don't want to speak out because they're right. afraid of retaliation. Or both. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we are... We're relying, there's some strange things, and I mean, I, there's some strange anomalies. I'm not sure everybody that's in there is what they say they that's are. Right. That's okay, right. I'm just going to say sure. that because like, one of the dudes is like talking about running a cell phone inside the prison, and I'm like, mm hmm, okay, I don't know how you did that, but I mean, you know, I, I have some red flags that yeah. are jumping. Yeah. 
because I think that they want this. They want they embedded their psyop so deep they want to discredit everything about it. Everything. Right. So, but the real is that there are some very uh, painful losses and some horrible sacrifices of American lives. There have been so many losses people are unaware of. We're over 20 deaths related to January 6th. And we hear the stories about the four policemen that have committed suicide. Whether or not they committed suicide is another investigation, or four more to be exact. Oh, yeah, if it was a Clinton side. There, exactly. There have been... Uh, at least five suicides from J6ers that we're aware of. I'm pretty sure there are two more that I'm aware of that never made it to the press and never will, just the surrounding uh, circumstances. And then, of course, uh, we had a miscarriage from an FBI attack on a home. The lady was pregnant. She miscarried the next day. I mean, these are real things. The FBI comes in to terrorize people with guns and bombs, and, you know, it's a horrible thing. We can tell you story after story of that. That's the shock and awe. That's yep. the whole thing that they're trying to just intimidate people, stay quiet, stay gone, hide, run, and don't talk about the truth. And that's why it's that much more important for us to all do it and just say, you know, we're not going to sit by. We can't. People are dying because of the administration, and that's not one side of it. The administration is both sides at this point. Man, it's the uniparty. The uniparty. And, through, uniparty. and people don't believe it's two wings of the same bird, but I'm here to tell you this voter fraud is years and years old. I've got a book from 2006 called Hacked, the Electronic Election Fraud in America. Mm -hmm. And it talks about the Diebold machines. It talks about everything they're talking about here at Mike Steele this weekend. And it's years old. So, I mean, this is nothing new. We're just Bill Cooper understood. Yeah, he did. I mean, there you go. I mean, we're back in 1968. It's a crazy thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, they killed him, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was like whatever, tax issues or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and we're looking for the same stuff, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the FBI has been in my house a handful of times. We're on all kinds of lists and search and harassment and and real stuff. People are, you know, going to jail all the time still. Yep. We had over 900 people charged. We've got roughly 100 people still in prison. No no due process, you know, no trial, no nothing. They're just... Kind of there. And, and they do this, they, 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 their thing that they do, like we were saying a bit ago, is the idea is to get people arrested. That's right. Disparage them. That's right. And, and this is where the public has to get stronger. And I'm pretty hard on this on the channel. Yeah. Know, like, I kind of had my own rant on this the other day. It's like, at this point in time, mm-hmm. if you're going to believe a national narrative yeah. on anybody, yeah. you, you got to go find another home. Because this yeah. is literally, it's like, we're dealing with, as a simple, another type of example of this, mm-hmm. got 120,000 soldiers that aren't taking the vax. They're all going to get dishonorably discharged if they have their way. Every one of those better be the first on your hire list. That's exactly right. right. That's the type of people we want. Well, it's that action that we need. That's the family. That's the group. That's the core that's going to stick together through this thing. Yep. And that's where the community gardens and things like that. I mean, seriously, this is the back to the basics moment that we've needed. Oh, this is good. And you, you don't even know this. I mean, I, this has been the big push. I mean, I've, I've said the most radical thing you can do right now is grow, grow food. Yes. Right, because yes. it gets us away from them. That's exactly And we're pulling right. it away. So and that's what we need. So what are the things that you have going? This is good. Man, just that deal in Dallas coming up, man. I'm, I'm excited yeah. next week. That's going to be a great event. Great lineup. Chris Eriks, uh, i got to tell everybody, use uh, Flex 15 if you want a 15% discount. So give them... And honestly, this okay. is so new to me. I haven't even done a pitch on okay, it. Okay, let's do so it. So do let's the pitch. Do let's, let's go. Let's go ReckoningFest.com. ReckoningFest, R-E-C-K-I-N-G, whatever. Right. ReckoningFest.com. And uh, we've got 107, Mac, Mike Lindell, Mike Adams, I think. We've yeah, Mike Adams. You and I'm gonna me be there. and Trinus yeah. and a lot of, lot of, lot of really good are, Now, Are you going to the Nugent concert the night before? I am. Okay, Patriots. So this is the other thing. 
is we're all going to be sitting on the lawn at the new Ted Nugent concert. That's right. Then the evening before. Yeah. And that's like ten minutes away from the venue. It is. And then we're going to be, and this is all Dallas area. Yeah. And then we're going to be the next day talking. I'm excited. Oh, I I'm, live I'm, in Dallas. Dude. Oh, this so is it's, really? so it's like home for me. I don't have to drive like 15 minutes. I'm at the deal. I'm like, hey. I just I just drove 30 hours here. So exactly. Yes. You know the deal. Yeah, I do. So, yeah, we drove yeah. like seven hours. Yeah. Here. This is close one. Yeah, here. I thought, this is great. But, no, this is this is really cool for. I'm I'm excited about this whole weekend because I go there. Yeah. Sunday, I'm just going to chill out a bit. We got some of our own Bars Nation folks. We're going to link up hopefully, That's great. and then. On Monday, I'm going to the Nugent Ranch to hang out with Ted and Shemaine for a little bit. Well, look at you. And that's something that's else. That's really good. That's good. And then we've got and this thing continues on for a while. So this is good. It's exciting. Yeah, we've got a big rally coming up September 24th in D.C. We're going to try to get a lot of people up there. You know, Ashley Babbitt's mom, Mickey, has been in D.C. most of this month. Mm-hmm. Every evening up there doing the Star Spangled Banner, praying for the prisoners. The prisoners are in the prison flashing their light off and on to let them know that they know they're there and that they're singing She's for been doing them. that every day? Every single day this month. Really? She, yes. Is anybody filming this? Yeah. Yeah, we've got it on Stop8.com. We've got, you know, a couple of different people. I think Kara Castronova went out and covered a little bit of it the other day. And, you know, it's just... Uh, have you talked to her? Yeah, I talked to all of them. If yeah. she, you can send her my way, I'd love to have her on the show. I'd love, this definitely. is one of these amazing stories. I love stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the... To me, when we start getting into those levels of, of warfare, we're getting into spiritual warfare. Yes, we are. And that's really what, at the end of the day, I'm, I mean, I came in here on fire mm-hmm. with Jesus, I'm going to be blunt, because yes. this is spiritual warfare. It is. Every right? bit of it. And, and this is what I love about Mike so much is unabashedly puts Christ right up there in that's front. Right. It's like, this is how we're going to win. And this is why I think what's here is really God's army. Hey, until we put the cross back on the flag. Oh, thank you. You know what I'm saying? We got an eagle up there. That's cool. But until we put God first, this is what it's all about. This is this whole point of this exercise. And, man, I tweeted out, I consider it prophetic, but in 2019, I tweeted out, to save America, we must get back to the basics, get back to God, get back together, united we stand. Now, we've seen the get back to the basics. We've seen COVID. We've seen sports and bars and everything. We've seen the revival aspect that's where people are really finding their spiritual life again their walk with god and then back together man that's the most important thing because that's how we move forward as a country and if we don't we're done and you know don't understand it this is how god works and, I, and you're what you just said or things i'd say about it, you don't even know my show no and this is how god works this is entire time people that have coming here yeah. and this chair mm-hmm. it's been like wow like we should be brothers. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and we are. Really and good, we right? are. Yeah, we are. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, David, this is fantastic. I'm anxious to see you next weekend yeah, as well. Gonna be good. We're going to have a good time on the it's lawn with, with Juan and company. Shemaine might come down and sit with us. That'd be awesome. I'll talk to her. See yes. if we can get, yes. get that going. Uh, Ted's going to be putting on a heck of a concert Friday see, night. I can't wait for that. I've never met him. I think it's going to be It's, it's going to be really a wild fun. one. Yep. That's going to be good. And then we're going to have a great rally on Saturday. Yeah. So, Patriots, you know where to go. It's going to be, again, the, the reckoningfest.com. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Next, I think it's the uh, 27th, 28th, whatever the next, next yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so it's 27, 28, reckoningfest.com. It's in the Dallas area mm-hmm. on the on the east side, yeah, Dallas. East, yep. And uh, good. Looking forward to oh, it. it's going to be fun. But, you know, that's the thing. People need to get out. They need to understand, you know, where we are in the fight and what they can do to help. So one of the things I always try to do, a lot of people put, you know, publications and movies and films and shorts, but they never give you a call to action. They never say, how can we help? You you, you, you sound like you're familiar with you know, this. So this is, okay, so I'm just going to, before I'm going to let David yeah. finish, this is now the third time uh-huh. 
that we've had this discussion here this weekend. Amazing. And it all came when I, and this is the example, I'm going to, I'm just, let me finish yeah. here. I'm driving out and I'm, I'm talking to God and having a conversation. It's like, we're missing tasks and standards, tasks and standards. The same thing. So I, yesterday <laughs> have this conversation with, and it, it just a great guy. It was Darren Gobb. He was, uh, he was a Patriot and running a Liberty group and he's a black, black Hawk pilot. Yeah. And I said, tasks and standards. And he looks over and he goes, well, I just had that conversation this morning. I guess we know who's directing this, and here you are again. So go ahead. So the calls to action for January 6th are real easy. <clears throat> there's a prayer group. There's letter writing. There's financial support you can give to the families directly. We're not in the money laundering business. We don't touch money. We put links up to their family, to their gifts nice. and go. And uh, you go to stophate.com slash J6. And there's 15 things. There's contact your representative. Contact. There's, there's petitions to sign. But the prayer group, the letter writing, these guys operate on hope, their families as well. The money helps, yeah, but we're two years in, guys. You know, they're doing everything they can to survive. They need the encouragement, the support, the love from their community to know that they're not lost and forgotten and that we're still fighting beside them. So stophate.com slash J6. Find something on that list that you can do and be a part of this J6 family. Patriots, this is no different other than the location of the British prison ships that set off our shore when we were the colonies fighting them. Taking American patriots, American citizens, and sticking them on boats and stuffing them away That's until right. they withered away and died. That's right. So this is an opportunity to get a letter out to them, do something strong like that to give them hope. And it does make a difference. It really does. It really does. Well, man, I appreciate getting to know you. I can't wait for this weekend. It's going to be good. I look forward to it. David, thank you very much. Thank you, brother. It's David Summerall and uh, just a great patriot. All right, so I have with me right now another great guest. And this is actually, this is going to be sheriff from the Logan County who we spoke to yesterday, which is Damon Devereaux. This is his deputy. Welcome. Yes. A little Deputy, closer to Mike. Deputy John Hudson. Deputy John Hudson. So, all right. Well, this is awesome. Look, we're. I think one of the biggest awakenings America's had is the importance of the sheriff and its role. Because we have, obviously, the sheriffs elected by the people. But, I, I mean, I always say it on the show, it's the only true law enforcement we have in the nation. So, we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I saw Sheriff Mac, one of Sheriff Mac's videos when I first started. And I had no idea. My dad was a district attorney all growing up, and now he's a Supreme Court judge. But I had no idea the sheriff was the highest law enforcement in any given county. And when I watched Sheriff Mack's video, I was blown away about how uh, even the president of the United States, if he's going to come in and do something law enforcement, needs to tell the sheriff what he's doing, including FBI, the IRS, or any government entity. And all the other agencies that within the county are just assisting agencies. But a lot of people don't know that because a lot of sheriffs are underfunded and, and uh, you know, sometimes they don't have as much training. And uh, But constitutionally, the, the sheriff is, and I, I was blown away by that when I started. That's pretty amazing. So really what we're looking at then is the cities and the city the city's police, they're more like depending on where you are, they could be squatters or they're renters, but basically they fall under you. Is that correct? Yes. But a lot of police agencies and some, some are good, some are not, but you know, we, we rely on them. They're, they're great. And so a lot of us deputies need to be out in the county patrolling the county where there is no police. So as long, but we need to have a good working relationship with our, our municipality polices, um, you know, the chief of police and all their officers. Right. Well, I mean, we all we want that. I mean, right. I'm going to say that I'm, I'm, I think everybody on this channel loves great police, and we love our sheriffs. And be honest with you, yes. I, the biggest concern we've had is just 
as people have seen with this COVID issue, we've seen a lot of crossing over away from, not, I won't say a lot, but we've seen enough examples of choices being made to municipalities rather than the Constitution. And the sheriff is really directly tied to the Constitution, right? Yes. And the sheriff and the district attorney are the two highest law enforcement entities there are in, in the county. And because they're, they're accountable to the people and they're elected by the people. So let's talk a little bit about your, your job, because one of the things that's unique about sheriffs is the distance that you can be away from your headquarters. Yes. Running single many times, because you don't have the staff. Yes. Like, we're, people have become fairly accustomed to city police running in pairs, not you guys. Right. We have 750 square miles. We patrol in counting about 75,000 people. Our largest city in our county is Guthrie, which is the first capital of Oklahoma. Uh, there's about 15,000 people in Guthrie, uh, but we have probably 45, 50,000 people out of the county that have no police but us. And, you know, South County has a lot of Oklahoma City uh, metropolitan area that's just growing insanely. I think we're the first, second, first or second largest growing county in Oklahoma. But, uh, you know, we like to get out and patrol the neighborhoods and, and we, we Really, a lot of times, all I'm doing is responding to calls because it's it's nonstop. So sometimes there's only three of us on covering 750 square miles. Wow! So you know, I'd be wasting my time spending all the time in Guthrie running traffic or something like that when we have great Guthrie police officers doing their job in there. I need to be out in the county uh, responding to calls of service, and to me, that's the most important part of my job. Is whenever someone calls 911 or someone calls about their neighbor or uh, people shooting or whatever it may be. My job is to get there and be professional uh, and, and try to solve the problems. That's a big one because I, in my experience of working with sheriffs, not directly, but at least getting to know them, that's been one. You guys are really on that line of having to build solid relationships. You can't just be throwing people in the back of the car and pulling them away. Right. And I, just, I tell guys that I train that just because you can take someone to jail doesn't mean you always want to. So, yeah. I don't remember the last time I've written a ticket, but I get to, when I pull somebody over, I get to meet a citizen of my county and, you know, try to tell them to slow down a little bit or get their tag tag light fixed or whatever it may be. But I'm getting to meet somebody uh, that's a voter in my county and give them a good perspective of law enforcement and, uh, you know, and make sure they don't have a warrant for their arrest or anything like that. And then, you know, if they want to keep driving crazy, they're going to run into that state trooper or that city police officer that really loves writing tickets but you know <laughs> yeah it's no that's good so in this time we've had a and there's a lot of fears in our, our country right now and a lot of fears of federal overreach i'm imagining you're bumping into that as a sheriff people asking questions where you stand what what how you guys are you get you get that yeah and i know sheriff Devereaux gets that all the time through facebook messenger and phone calls and text messages but i also get a lot because a lot of i'm from guthrie in logan county a lot of people know me and my family and they're they're messaging me and you know hey if the, if the fbi comes into our county or if, if you know uh, is and if antifa comes into our county i mean can we rely on the sheriffs to to have our back you know can and can we help and you know so yes i, I see the fear of everything from lockdowns from COVID and then from all the crazy Antifa stuff going in. We have a lot more homeless coming into our county than I've never seen before. Yeah. So and I'm, a lot of times I'm wondering where they, where they came from. Yeah, but, so that's an, that's an interesting challenge that stresses you guys too because that's potential crime. That's, I mean, they, and I don't know, the rules have been being set a lot by a lot of the states. Oregon is an example where I'm from. They can't just they can't just trespass them because there's now protections for them to stay there. 
You running into similar issues? Not really. Um, I normally offer them a ride because um, okay. there's not any good homeless shelters or resources for the homeless in Logan County. But there is to the county to the north and to the county to the south, So, uh, which is Oklahoma County. It has a lot more resources for shelters and stuff like that. So I offer them a ride, but I, I don't make them leave the county. But you know, if I see them, it looks like they're struggling. Or when I offer to give them a ride wherever they want to go. I can take them just a little bit outside my county and, you know, Yep. No, that's good. So, so relationships in the county, obviously predominant, the kind of the backbone of what the sheriff's doing is, I mean, that's getting to know people. That's Yes, uh, especially the rural community. And we'll get to know a lot of the agriculture, a lot of farmers out in our county and a lot of dirt roads. And so... It's crazy amount of people. Hey, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Well, it was three of us uh, covering and stopping to talk to them. But then we have a lot of you know urban neighborhoods that are just the population is blowing up, rolling your windows down as you're going through the uh, the neighborhood, and somebody will flag you down like, Hey, you think you can come to my neighborhood a little bit more often? Or somebody you know driving crazy through here, and you explain to them like, Well, this is a private street. I can't really. But if they are driving crazy, I can do my best to to uh, get them to behave. But just being friendly to everybody that you run in contact with, whether it be in a neighborhood or out in the rural, um, and even when I'm making stops on the highway, just you know, you're getting to meet people traveling through your county. So that's but, an interesting thing you said. Is there a jurisdictional limitation for you guys, whether it's on state road, county road, city road? No, um, that's we can go do as much uh, traffic or investigations in the city of Guthrie or on the state highways, um, but a lot of times. I try, my personally, try to be out on the rural roads and some of the other roads that don't have a lot of police presence, and I'll let Oklahoma Highway Patrol deal with the highways. Of course, if somebody's doing something egregious in front of me on the highway, I'm going to stop them, and the same within the city of Guthrie. But I try to let those guys do their thing. Uh, I think, well, and that's, you got to the core of the question, which is really interesting. I don't think people realize that your jurisdiction, and you said at the beginning, is the entire county. Yes. That's, that includes state, federal r- roads, that inc- includes city municipalities. Yes, and you'll tick a lot of people off, like my dad, who's been a you know, district attorney and a judge and a you know, Supreme Court judge my entire life, and uh, if, he, if he sees deputies constantly pulling people over in town or on the highway, he's like, they need to be out in the county. And, uh, but he does understand my point of view. Sometimes when you see something, you've got to stop it. It's right, your job right. to, to, to make people safe. And if they're not making people safe by the way they're acting, we're going we're gonna to pull them over and figure out what's going on. But, um, yeah, constitutionally, we can, we can go in there and take over an investigation and tell whoever but to kick rocks. But realistically, if we have a murder, uh, it, we're going to call in OSBI because they're going to have more resources as far as um, really good investigation with the fingerprinting, and you know, a lot of us are uh, we do rely on, on other uh, law enforcement entities for their, their expertise in some of those fields because you know, with only you know 30 patrol deputies on, on staff uh, and three on at a given time, like, not we're not going to have the same training that some of those other guys will in some of those specialties. But you really have to be pretty broad in your training when you're covering that much jurisdictional space you're going to have to have a i mean i, I would think that you're going to have to have a pretty wide range of tool tool skill sets to be able to deal with that even more i would say more than most because you don't get to specialize like some do is that fair yeah it is and i think as a deputy we respond to a wider variety of calls um some counties don't hardly have any uh, 
I guess, popular. It's it's very low population, uh, and there might only be one or two on a given time. But we always have three to five on at a time. But our variety of calls go from city calls to to putting up cows, uh, <laughs> re- responding to a lot of. And a lot of these people don't just move to the urban uh, or moved into a rural area. They don't realize there's not the same laws and ordinances out in the county. Like you're allowed to shoot your gun out in the county. You're allowed to let your dog roam free. And people are like yeah, you got to do something about my neighbor's dog. I'm like, well, there are no leash laws out in the county. And, and so they, a lot of these people don't realize that. And, you know, you explain it to them. Like, you know, if you, if you liked some of those things, maybe you should move back to the city. Because <laughs> I'm, right not, I'm not going to be on the news telling somebody they can't shoot their gun. As long as they're doing it in a safe manner. Right. I'm not going to. The sheriff's not for the Second Amendment. He's not letting us shoot our guns, you know, out in the county. So. Right, exactly. It's not what you want at all. So, right. And as far as, I mean, you mentioned Sheriff Mack, which I think is great. I mean, was that something that you did on your own, or is that something that you work with within your department? So we have another deputy who's supposed to be here, but he, he got COVID right before he came. But um, I grew up in church with him. But when I started the, as a sheriff deputy, he sent me a YouTube video of Sheriff Mack. And it's just ironic that, you know, now I've read some of his books. And that one book I picked up while I was here is probably one of the best law enforcement books I've read. I wish every deputy and police officer could could read that book. What, what book is that? Um, if you don't know, so, but it's one of his books? Yes, it's, it's, it's a short book. It's like 30 pages. And, but it really he, he talks about his career as a police officer and how he pulled a lady over um, on the highway. She was crying. She knew she was wrong. Window was rolled down, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get my quota. I'm gonna make my 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 chief happy, and I'm gonna write this lady tickets. It's it, it's easy." But then he saw, you know, she her hands were on the steering wheel. She was very compliant. Window was down, and she didn't even say a word. And she was just, I think, she was expecting a ticket. And sheriff, you know, she had three screaming kids in the car, and so he something hit him, and. Uh, He's like, what am I doing? Am I really serving and protecting? Was she really putting the public at danger or whatever it was that he pulled her over for? And so you know, he felt so convicted. He went back um, to his uh, – he didn't write her a ticket at all. He just went and handed her stuff back, and, and, and it was hardly able to speak to her. And then um, he was invited to uh, – I can't say the author's name, but he wrote The 5,000-Year Leap. and 5,000-Year? Um, the 5,000-Year Leap. Okay. And he went to one of his conferences, and he teaches the Constitution. Um very in-depth, and that's where Sheriff Mack learned a lot about the Constitution. And when I swore an oath, when I came into office, I swore an oath to protect the Constitution. And a lot of these kind of ordinances, and are, are they really constitutional? And it's like, what am, I, what, am, what am I really doing here? Am I really serving and protecting? And uh, I think in that book, he's just so convicted. And then he, he hardly ever wrote tickets after that. And... Um, Anyways, just to talk about some of the unconstitutional things that police get involved with, and they don't know any better a lot of times because that's what their chief tells them to do, and that's what they get patted on the back for, just to write as many tickets as they can. Um, and I get we need some of that out there, but that's not me. No, I think that's awesome. I mean, I, these stories like this, I think, are, are very important and because it's really bringing in a different dimension of hope. There is, there is a lot of panic and concern in the place that we're at right now with the overreach of law enforcement. And it's, but it, it, I'm saying that from what people have seen a lot on the news, which may not be indicative, but then the fact is that they do a really good job of making it sound like everybody's a problem. And what you're presenting here is just, it's really wholesome. And I appreciate that a lot because it's, you're, you're, you're typifying that community policing and back to the people, which it seems to be, I mean, I think that's all really the backbone of what the sheriff is really about. Is that fair? For sure. And those are the most meaningful calls to me is whenever 
somebody writes me a letter or a thank you letter for, for changing their tire on the side of the highway. Or one lady, I Narcaned her because she overdosed and she was pretty much dead in my arms. And I hit her with Narcan, that drug we hit up, up their nasal to reverse the effects of an overdose. And, you know, she had a really bad, and I had dealt with two suicide calls that day. And, uh, you know, I, it, was, it was nice to get a letter. You don't always get a thank you. So it was nice to get a letter from her like a week later. Like, I, I, thank you for saving my life. And, you know, I was just doing my job. But even referee, and I do a lot of refereeing of neighbors and families and, and uh, dog calls. And, and just a lot of times it is a thankless job, but it is nice to hear a thank you every now and then. Or you really helped me out. Or giving them advice on, hey, I'm... My, we've split up, and my husband keeps coming back. We, or, or, I was like, well, it's, it's his house. He has a right to be there. But just counseling them the best way. Like, we're not social workers. We're not psychologists. We're not lawyers. But they expect us to be those experts in all those fields when we get there. And we just tell them the best knowledge that we know. And um, But, yeah, just helping somebody on those calls that I respond to uh, and just doing the best I can. And sometimes they don't always like my answer. They don't. And sometimes I have to end up taking someone to jail, you know, but <laughs> yeah, they don't like that. But, you know, it's, it's funny, the amount of cut, man, I, this, I've never been treated so nice when, when I'm taking them to jail. I've never had somebody treat me this well, you know, but you always definitely still got to keep your guard up. You can't get a false insecurity. Sure, sure. But, uh, so how, you said you go to church, I mean, this is a, or a strong faith channel. God's got to be important in your life and in, in, in what your job is doing, too. For sure. Um, you know, I try to go to church every Sunday. I'm, I'm Southern Baptist, and I, I go to the same church that I grew up in. And my dad teach, has taught Sunday school there my, my entire life. That's nice. And uh, my uncle is now the pastor of that church. So <laughs> You had some serious family accountability if you don't show up. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, but, but God's very important in this job because, you know, there's some stuff that I see on duty that really bothers me and, you know, gives you nightmares and and. Just even refereeing sometimes, and they're yelling at you, and you're trying to make their life better or try to give them advice, and they just scream at you for it. It really wears on you, and uh, it is hard to sleep sometimes at night. And I dealt with them. <laughs> I dealt with a kid that was uh, that killed his little brother by mistake a few weeks ago. Wow! And he he got into the top of the closet and got a gun down. His brother came in and frightened him, and he pressed the trigger. And, pretty much watched the boy die and I, I didn't even know what to tell him other than be tough as I'm holding him down as they're trying to get the IV in him in, that, in, the, in the ambulance but you know that, that that's one of the first calls you know after I you know I just I just broke down and I called the undersheriff like I can't I can't work the rest of the day I mean it just yeah. tore me up and I actually knew the family because when I got there they they, I guess I'd responded to a call there a few years earlier, but they remembered me by name as soon begging for my help. And, you know, I don't know how to fix a gunshot wound in the middle of the chest other than yeah. put pressure on it. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, that's a heck of a story, man. That's, that's a, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I really appreciate you sitting down today because yeah. it's, this is, these are the, the, we need a lot of this. You, you, you really have given a beautiful insight into and I don't even know you as a sheriff, but I can tell you by your heart, you're, you're a great sheriff. Well, yeah, I'm a deputy sheriff. Deputy yeah, sheriff, yeah. yeah. And I represent Damon, you know, when I'm out there. So right. I got I to gotta really do well to make, if I'm not doing my job well in the way he wants me to, he's probably not going to get reelected, you know. And so, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's my, back to the faith, but my faith is, is important to me. And I, I couldn't do this job without, without prayer and asking for God's assistance and, and trusting that he's going to let me go home and, and uh and do the best job I can for the, the citizens of our county. That's awesome. Well, man, thank you very much. Yes. God bless you. Yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You be safe. Okay. Thank okay. you. 
Well, Patriots, another great interview. I, I just, you know how much I love sheriffs. So, Patriots, that concludes tonight's interviews. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for bringing us together into assembling such an amazing army, an army that has covered so many ranges of gifts and talents that you've given us for people to find their strength and to stand up, to start really fighting for what was sovereignly given to us, our rights given to you that no man can take away. Father, this reawakening of the true nature of who we are in this nation should be exhilarating for all. And we just pray that the many that hear this, the many that are listening and watching and wondering what to do, or even those that are working will be reinvigorated to know that the actions that we take locally will make a difference, always putting you first in all that we do, fighting for what is right and what is given by you to protect and defend these rights and to expand the kingdom. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, 
Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 